Welcome to the After the Snow podcast. Man, this is uh this is an exciting exciting day. This is the 17th episode of After the Snow. Uh we're going to of course be talking about snowfall. We're back in uh season 1, but a uh, special day today. A lot of interesting special things going on. Um I'm your co-host Dave Mays. Uh why is it so special, Dave? Tell us why. <laughs> well, because you back. Yeah, yeah, thank you. There you go. I there mean, you we're going to bury the lead or we're going to let people know what's so special here. No, no, the real reason it's so special is because we're all together, right? Oh, uh, that's another that special well. day. We didn't recognize that one. Yeah. That as well. Yeah. It's our first time doing After the Snow in person, and we have Brett back with us. Me and Rick been holding it down. Yes, yes, we know, but, but this is, you know. This Do you feel is the that- difference when I'm here? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, right. uh, Ladies it, make a difference, huh? It's a stronger show. And, you know, um, no, for real. Because you, you, okay. you bring up topics that that I didn't see. And I mean, even Dave sometimes bring up topics that I didn't see. And he brings it back to me. And, and, and it's always good when you have somebody that, you know, remembers what happened. Thank you. I'm going to try. You know, I got short term memory loss. Oh, no. <laughs> so, so we're here. We're here. Um, at La Create Space, which is uh, located in the heart of Englewood, mm-hmm. uh, Los Angeles. I used to stay on the street, Dave. Yeah? Right right across the street. I had a house wow. right there. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Make it clear. It's Englewood in California. Englewood, California. Not. Englewood we're section, Chicago, section of Englewood Los Chicago, Angeles. Right. Yeah. So it's a different it Englewood. Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, historic center here. But La Create Space is beautiful. A, beautiful. Uh, a beautiful uh Black-owned production space here uh, that's available. They do um, events. They do all kinds of productions here. Um, love the Wait, vibe in here. Black-owned. I got to give a special, special shout-out. Is Alpha Man on, too, okay? <laughs> my brother, my first fam, okay? You know, yes. for those of you who don't know, I am uh, an AKA, and the owner here is an Alpha. So we are connected on a, on a different level. Yeah. I got to make sure that that is known. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, yeah. And, uh, we had a big day today, um, here in, in, uh, in LA, we just finished, uh, all, we were all together coming from, uh, Hollywood, uh, from the site of, uh, top billing, the new breakbeat podcast with Bill Bellamy, uh, live from Hollywood Boulevard on the Um, block. Yeah. It's always so nice to have everybody kind of, do like a little bit of a crossover, you know, to have Rick in the house while we were shooting with Bill was, was pretty cool. I love that. Right. Yeah. Did yeah, you like it, being there? Yeah, it was cool. It was cool. I, I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't picture the, the, the setup at first, you know, Dave was kind of telling me about it, you know, it's windows, it's windows. And, yeah. And you, you have to see it to, to understand, you know, it looks like, um, good morning America or something, you know, right. where they're sitting out and over, uh, um, Manhattan and you know you can see everybody and everybody can see you and they can walk up to the window and mm-hmm. people were taking pictures it was it was it was amazing you know uh, what's crazy is that we were there to shoot Bill and we had some incredible guests with with T.I. and John Sally and Too Short but we can't ignore the fact that people were going crazy to, to see you and to meet you TMZ pulled up today actually thinking that they were going to see the guests that I just named but uh 
they didn't realize that their Rick was going to be there, and the crowd went crazy. The buses went crazy. The TMZ buses that were there and the the camera the camera guys that were there shooting for TMZ uh, were very excited to see to see Rick. On the block. <laughs> I thought Ti they really gave Ti a warm welcome. I mean. Yeah. But you were a close second. I'm gonna have to uh, gotta be honest. <laughs> Everybody's right. like, okay, look, Rick. Rick I don't mind Rick taking Ross. second to Ti. Yeah, that's right. It's not <laughs> it's not bad to come in second to, to Ti. Yeah, yeah, uh, I'll take that one. But yeah, it was it was it was a wonderful day. Um, I think we got some good shooting in, and some people are gonna be looking for. I think I think Bill Show is gonna do really really well. Yeah, you know, um, I'm excited. About the whole way yeah. set up, you know, the set, the window. The guests that he's getting on the show, you know, everybody's coming out for him. So uh, y'all be on the lookout for that one. It's going to be big. Yeah. And it was nice to have our producer, Tarek, there too. Yeah. I, th- I feel like Tarek is like uh, Johnny on the spot. Like if we call him, he's there no matter where we are, no matter what city, no matter what location within that city. Like Tarek is going to show up whatever we need, even if we don't need him for anything. He's just going to be there as a, as a support. So Shout out to our incredible producer. Shout out. Much yeah, love to no Terry. doubt. No yeah. doubt. You always need a, a good producer when you're doing these podcasts because um, there's so much unexpected stuff. You know, um, in, in Chicago, they stole my headphones. You know, I oh. set the headphones on the table and, and somebody walked off with them. It's, to yeah. Only in Chicago. I hate that, too. As a Chicago native, I hate to hear that. <laughs> but I'm not surprised. It's happened to me a few times with other other things. So. Not surprised, but but I'm sure you were about to say, right? Tarek helped you out, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. He was there to help help you out. Absolutely, he came right back. He's to everywhere. Him. He's everywhere. That's what I mean. He's Johnny yeah. on the spot. He's everywhere. Yeah. And you need that when you're doing these shows. You know, Dude. somebody to uh, to produce them. You yeah. know, without a good producer, you can't have a good show. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and <sighs> Tarek has definitely been. He's made my transition a little easier. You know, because mm-hmm. I'm I'm so unorganized. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm in Chicago one day, and I'm in. Uh, Washington D.C. and Cincinnati. You know, when you're moving around like me, you're very. And I travel. I try to travel light. You know, I don't want to put bags up under the plane. I want to put everything in in my backpacks and uh and jump on. So a lot of times, I don't have all my stuff. And Tarek has you know helped keep me organized. Yeah. T- tell us about D.C. because um you were in D.C. last week uh before the fight big fight but big fight big fight out there you went to the go-go i need to hear about oh that. man the go-go no. the go-go was crazy you know they got these bands and, and um you know most of us heard doing the butt dun, dun, dun. right uh so we don't know about the rest of the go-go music and and in in uh in washington that's the music that rule, you know, it ain't hip hop, you know, it ain't R&B, it's go-go. Matter of fact, I got invited to three uh, uh, go-go parties in uh, three days. Every huh. night they had a go-go party they wanted me to go to, but uh, it was it was crazy. I, I, I enjoyed, you know, the first one that I went to and the only one that I went to. I didn't go to the other ones because I was so busy doing other things, but uh, yeah. I really enjoyed the go-go, you know. Yeah. Go-go was all right. And then they, they showed me so much love in there. You know, the DJ shouted me out. Yeah. And um, the band, you know, gave me a shout-out. So it was just like, wow, you know. Yeah. It was like, the legend's in the house. <laughs> so, sad. you know, I ain't really used to, to having that type of attention. Uh, I'm getting used to it, but uh, it's still kind of new to me. And, and, and uh, I don't know, sometimes it'd be a little embarrassing, but. 
God, <laughs> you sound you sound like Dave. Like Dave's always been such a behind the scenes <coughs> kind of guy. So this kind of newfound uh, stardom, stardom and recognition. You know, people know his name, but I don't think people really necessarily always know his face. No, you know? They, but as no. soon as they they hear the name and the story, they're like, oh, yeah, shit, that's, that's what that that's, is. That's that's the Dave Maze. Okay, got it, got it, got it. But, uh, you know, even today a little bit, you know, after after you walked away, Rick, uh, you know, some people, once they heard that that was the Dave Mays, the start of the source and all of his accolades and whatever, then they're like, oh, my God, that's the Dave Mays. You could see you weren't really sure how to <laughs> how to accept, you know, the compliments and the, the greetings from from the fans that were that were on uh, Hollywood Boulevard today. So you're getting used to it, though, I think. Yeah, it's a new it's a new step for me. I've always been behind the scenes more o- over the years, but, um, you know, definitely starting to get to used to being out a little bit more and being more of a presence, uh, for people to see and hear from. And, you know, even doing this podcast with Rick has been, um, you know, something new for me that I've, you know, well, they getting to know your face. Cause, um, everywhere I went, they asked me about the show, wow. you know, and people, Started telling me, hey, I watch the show all the time. Yeah. I was like, huh? Yeah, that's, good. that's pretty cool. Yeah, I guess so. I'm not. I'm not nervous. Not that. Listen, I'm by no means a real Rick Ross or or a Dave Mays uh, by by any stretch of the imagination. So, but I'm not nervous. I guess being uh, on camera or talking anywhere because I've been around this for so long, you know, and and having. Um, produced for for Oprah who's obviously one of the biggest media moguls in the world um I think I'm just used to being around people like that and in this and in this world and in this industry so it's I I'm more um I guess comfortable in this space but uh I don't I guess I don't have to worry about it because I'm not getting recognized like you guys I'm just comfortable in this space right well you've here. been absent Right, I've been absent. I've been absent. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, you've been absent you know, for my, a couple. My little, uh, you know, twenty five hundred Instagram followers. I don't. I don't think I have too much to worry about. I'm not like you guys. I'm not big no. time. Well, you're gonna get there because they're gonna get to know you now. So you're back. <laughs> She's back. I'm back. <laughs> Here I am. Shout out to my hometown of Washington D.C. By the way, and and so your fighter uh, one. Uh, yeah, yeah, big fight, big fight, big fight. Anthony Peterson, um, one of the Peterson brothers. His brother was uh, a two-time world champ. Uh, he lost his belt to to Earl Spence. Matter of fact, he was the first belt that Earl Spence got. Mm. So uh, I hung out with them all the week, and uh, you know we got the W. Uh, he has another fight coming up August the sixth, and I think we're gonna throw a big uh, uh, swim party the night before the fight. You okay. know. Um, but DC showed a lot of love, man. I sold a lot of books down there. Um, I, I'm falling in love with DC, man. <laughs> I don't know how you left, Dave. <laughs> yeah, that's what's up. We'll, we'll be we'll be uh, all together in DC. We spend a lot of time in DC as it is. My family's still there. Um, you know, my mom and the rest of my family. Um, love you guys. But obviously, uh, everybody relax. There's no city like Chicago. Like, chill out. Everybody yeah. calm down. Chicago is clearly number one. Chicago's cool, but I don't know, man. D.C., <laughs> man, they they show a lot of love in D.C. I mean, Chicago <laughs> showed me a lot of love, too, but D.C., man, they took it they took it to another okay, level. Okay, you need to run it back. Come on back to Chicago. I'm going to make sure you get the love you <laughs> All need. All right, we're okay? going to run it back. We're going to run it back. Matter of fact, uh, I got invited, I think, uh, June the 7th to a, um, some type of kid 
kid event they're going to really have where they're going to have jumpers and and all the things for the kids and they want me to come out. So in Chicago, in Chicago. Right. So we're gonna we're gonna see. We're gonna see. All right, let's do, <laughs> let's do it up. We gotta do it up then. Yeah, yeah. Gonna be nice and warm by then. All right, yeah. Come on back. All right, we gotta jump in. We, we're doing a lot of catching up. You ready to jump in? To yeah, the, yeah. To we should we should episode? get into uh, snowfall. Um, that's you know the thing that brings us together every week is uh, of course we watch an episode of Snowfall and we talk about it and things that um, you know maybe inspired us or that we thought about as we uh, watched each episode. So uh, right now we're on uh, season one, episode five, uh, which is entitled Seven Four. Um, and this is an episode that uh, takes place on uh, July 4th uh, kind of weekend uh, in L.A. And we continue to have like the three storylines going, the Teddy uh, storyline uh, last, you know, he was in Nicaragua checking up on things. And now he's trying to fly out of there with the product. Uh, with him and Alejandro, <laughs> uh, we got that's a good one. We got we got also uh, and Pedro and Lucia also getting abducted. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. And then of course we got Franklin and his guys. Um, you know, are all part of this week's episode um, as well. Um, so the first thing I was, you know. Thinking about is Fourth of July. Uh, there's a big celebration going on out at uh, Uncle Jerome's house. Everybody's having a good time. Um, you know, Rick, what what can you remember about the Fourth of July back in in in, in the day? How how did things go down? And we probably were shooting up a car. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, you know, we back then we used to do a lot of shooting. You know, it wasn't so bad about shooting back then. You know, shoot up in the air and show your guns off. So right. everybody got their guns and they firing off. So everybody know. Oh man, what was that? Right. So um, I remember this Fourth of July. We was just shooting in the air and kind of got tired of shooting in the air. So one of the little homies pulled up in a car that we call a bucket. You know, something you paid twenty five hundred dollars for. And uh, I say, man, let's shoot that car up. <laughs> wow. And we just start shooting it, man, and and. You know, we had the AKs and the, um, <clears throat> the um, what was that, uh, the AR, the AR-15, I think it was. And and these 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 guns, you could shoot the car in the back and you could see it come out the motor, you know, with mm. ricocheting the sparks and stuff in the motor. So that really fascinated us. Mm. And uh, we just, just kept shooting. Now, the guy who... Drove the bucket there. He wasn't in the car. No, no, no. Don't get out of here. <laughs> so how far away did everybody have to stay back in order to, to do all the shoot on the car? Oh, you, we or wasn't. it's not like ricocheting, like hitting. Anybody. No, they're not ricocheting. Okay, okay. They're going through bumpers. Oh, okay. This, this, thing, okay. this thing was, them, them guns are so powerful that they broke the motor block to the car. Oh, wow. Like it would penetrate the block of the car. Wow. From the, you know, you shoot it from the trunk and it would go through the car and then hit the motor and bust it. We weren't fancy like that in Chicago. I mean, I remember growing up, like, um, people were definitely going out in the alley, shooting, taking their guns, shooting up, shooting up. And uh, I just remember all the dogs in the neighborhood. You know, that that sound irritates their ears yeah. so badly. Dogs were going crazy. Even my, you know, my own dogs were going nuts. So we'd always try and put them in a separate room. Um, 
during that holiday weekend. But uh, yeah, yeah I mean, even dogs. now it's still the same. Like at least in my mom's neighborhood, both those gunshots are going off starting like that, like July first through maybe like the sixth. Yeah, they do it. They they used to do it here. Now they they crack down here now. Really? Yeah, because they saying sometimes, you know, you shoot up in the air and those bullets go up and they come down. Come down, hit somebody. And hit somebody. So uh, they don't really like you shooting here in the, in the city anymore. So, uh, Damn, they have not cracked down in Chicago. Guarantee you it's going to happen this year and probably guarantee you somebody's going to get hit. Yeah, yeah. So, well, yeah, that's how that's how we would, uh, you know, spend our 4th of Julys. Um, definitely don't want to be standing out. <laughs> <laughs> So it's interesting because I feel like, um, and this might be a little bit of a spoiler, but when we fast forward to uh, later seasons, we talked a lot about how we felt like the family wasn't really having fun. But I felt like in this they did this they season, did. this episode, they they're have, having some more fun. Like having a little fun, but yeah. things get lost later on. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to spoil too much for anybody who hasn't, uh, who isn't totally caught up, but. Uh, I like seeing this version of the family, like actually enjoying themselves. A yeah, little bit. I mean, it definitely was was a, a, a different feel for the show. Mm-hmm. You know? But you know, these early series are are more L.A. and it's probably because John was still alive. You know, good point. He probably had a big hand in how uh, these storylines went. Then, as we know later on during the series, things uh, changed a little bit. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. 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 Um, so, um, uh, his dad is a presence, you know, in this show, significant presence, um, or lack thereof. Yeah. Yeah. But he's, you know, in, in the earlier episodes we saw, we learned Franklin's dad is homeless, um, and we never found out what happened to him though. You know, how did he? You know, how did he get like this? And why did his mom even like him? Right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Why would she like a guy who who they're portraying in the movie right now? You know, they they the police are choking Franklin out and his dad walks away. You know, I, I don't see that happening. You know. Right. That was rough. I mean, possibly, but uh, I, and I don't like the way they portrayed. I didn't like that either. Yeah, I didn't like that was, it. That was, that was hard to watch. And I, I think about it as the younger sibling to uh who just to someone who has an older brother and I just put myself thank god my brother's never been in that position where you know cops are choking him out but I just imagine my dad being being there he would intentionally like put put the focus on himself if he had to like my dad would catch a case in order to save my brother if that's what Absolutely. it meant Absolutely. there's no chance he would walk away um watching my brother go through something like that you know what I mean? Like he would put the heat on himself. So it's just, it was, it was, it was just so heartbreaking to watch really. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I didn't like it at all. No, I, I didn't like the way, uh, cause you know, black men already are stereotyped of not caring about their siblings, their sons, yeah, their sons. Mm-hmm. So, um, <clears throat> to see that happen and to see it be, be portrayed in that light for me was, was a turnoff. It was a lot. Yeah. You know? And I, I've been choked by the police before, so just for the record. Wow. I know what it's like. And I've been choked when I had done nothing. You really? Know, not cursed them out or not done anything. Yeah. So um, I know what it's like to be in that position. And, and Did you have a um, 
support system around you, like in that moment, were there friends or family near you as that was happening? No, no. Usually when they do it, it's, it's when you're by yourself. Mm. Um, it's hard for me to believe that the cops would do it with that many people. That many out. people, yeah. You know, that's almost causing a riot. But I guess at that point there weren't um, devices where people could be recording and... You know, it's not like today where everybody's going to immediately whip out their cell phone, their iPad, whatever, and start recording. Yeah, yeah, that's true, too. And then the cop pulled out his gun. But I don't even know in in, in, in those type of situations if pulling out his gun was enough. You know, Yeah. I, I still would see somebody still intervening. You know, like, oh, you're going to shoot me, too. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. <clears throat> wow. Lucky that the black cop pulled up you know, right. to the rescue. Yep. Franklin's, Franklin's neighbor, yeah. Franklin's neighbor, uh, what's his, uh, I don't know if it's his girlfriend or... Uh, Melody is... Melody's is the, dad, is, right? Is, 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 yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's his girlfriend, but the dad don't know. Right, right, right. <laughs> his little sneaky link, whatever, yeah. yeah. But before that scene happens where the police show up and Franklin mouths off and then he gets put in the chokehold and punched and stuff and the dad walks off, um, Franklin has discovered some old photos of his dad in the garage because his, his mom comes home and he shows her this picture of his dad. Um, and this was his dad as a Black Panther. Mm. Um, so we kind of, it's never stated explicitly at this point yet, but we get the, uh, you know, we get the understanding right. that his, his dad was a former Black Panther. Um, so, so you know, he's got some sort of, uh, militant, militant, rebellious streak in him somewhere, assuming that he's involved with the Black Panthers. Right. And not an informant. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> the way he walked off, it would be like an informant. Right. Right. That's, yeah. that's very, that's a very good point. Yeah. Like now he's caught up. I'm out of here. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, what what was the presence of the Black Panthers like in in L.A. in the eighties? Well, when 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 me and my mom moved out, um, and I was still young, you know, I, I wasn't even in elementary school when uh, when the Watch riots happened, mm. and uh, that's when I really noticed the Black Panthers. They were marching, giving mm-hmm. out food, um, and, and basically supervising the cops. You know, where they didn't want cops to do what. We saw happen in Franklin uh, uh, because back then you didn't even have to curse the cops out. You know, they were just doing stuff to blacks just because. Just like now, pretty much. Nothing's changed. Yeah, nothing's really changed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, the Black Panthers was was feeding people, you know, had food drives. um, Just kind of like a a neighborhood police force, you know. Uh, I remember seeing the National Guards driving down the streets, you know. When, when they had the riots and whatnot. Um, I remember the whole watch riots, you know, I mean, when it went up in flame. I don't know if the Black Panthers did that. I'm not saying that they, they set it on fire, but they were kind of like um, the force that, that that the black community was leaning on. Did you ever get to know any of the leadership of the Panthers in, in L.A.? Around I didn't get to know the Panthers. My My brother marched with the us. So he did take me to a couple of uh, us rallies, you know, and us was like a, a offshoot of the, of the Black Panthers. Uh, 
they didn't carry guns, to my knowledge. I never saw them carrying guns. The ones that my brother took me to, they would just march down the street, you know, maybe uh, 30, 40 guys dressed in military uniforms, and uh, they would be doing uh, army drills, you know, with, with the steps. And uh, that's the most I remember about it. Um, I do remember uh, my brother coming in uh, one night, and, and the cops had broke his nose, oh my gosh. you know. Um, and that kind of gave me a little bit of a sour taste about cops, you know, because that's like, that's my brother, you know, my older brother too, you know, somebody I looked up to. And, uh, you got a problem with him, you got a problem with me, even though I was only about four years old, but, you know. <laughs> you, you already had that that just protective instinct, right? Right, like, that was my guy. Yeah, you know? yeah, I, I'm the same way. Yeah, it was my guy. You 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 just put your hands on my on my guy. You yeah. know. It was my mom and my guy. Yeah, you know, yeah, my brother. Me, me too. <laughs> With my dad being deceased, uh, now I mean, but always growing growing up, my brother and I are um, almost five years apart. Not quite, but uh, always the same thing. Like, and I come from a family of mostly men, but it's it's the same thing. I'm like, if you if you hurt him, like it's me next. Like I'm I'm coming for you too. You yeah. Know? Well, my brother and I are seven seven years apart. Okay. But, um, I looked up to him most of my life, um, and he was my first hero. You know, same here. Mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah, so that's pretty much what I remember about uh, the Panthers and the riots and, and whatnot. You know, when I got earlier, uh, older, um, I remember the SLAs. You know, when 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 they had their uh, running with the police and the police shot the house up. You know, they had a they had a big shootout, big big shootout, uh, set the house on fire and. and burn up everybody inside the house. Oh, um, that was right there in, in my neighborhood where, where, where I grew up at. So I remember that as well. Um, I remember when, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, from Oakland. I can't think of her name. Uh, when they were looking for her and, uh, ah, oh, what's, what's their name? I can't even think of their names right now. I had a, a, a brain fog. <laughs> But anyway, they were leaders of the Black Panthers, okay. and and I remember when they went to jail. You know, I was old enough to remember that they they took them to jail. One of the leaders that you were talking about, mm-hmm. with the hair. Yeah, with the natural. Yes, God, she spoke to my high school. Um, I don't know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, I'll <laughs> never forget. Angela what she Davis, spoke to. you're talking about. Angela Davis. Yes. Okay. yes, 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 Angela Davis, and Huey Newton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, George Jackson, you know, um, you know, George Jackson's uh, brother, uh, I think it was his brother, went to court and kidnapped the judge, jury, and everybody um, and held him hostage trying to get his brother out of jail. Mm. So, you know, it was, you know, it was some guys that was like real rebels, mm-hmm. you know, that was really uh, – Going against the system, it was a system they didn't believe in, a system that had been treating uh, blacks unfairly, and they felt that uh, extreme measures was necessary to uh, get their justice. Is there anything you would have done differently um, in this episode, uh, in that moment with with Franklin being, uh, I guess, a reason we're choked out, like choked out and... Obviously, we said we wouldn't want his his dad like walking away and just leaving him there. But is there anything else he would have done differently? And how Franklin handled things, how his mom handled things, the crowd, anything? If you could rewrite that episode or that that part mm-hmm. of the episode, wow! How would I do that episode? Um, 
I guess I wouldn't have Franklin, uh, uh, you know, talking shit to the cops. You know, that was mm. the first thing. Um, Did you was, try to always stay pretty like uh, humble if if ever approached by the cops? Yeah, it's best to, it's best to do that. Okay. You know? Uh, because all you do is provoke the situation, and it's a situation you, you really can't win. Mm-hmm. You know, um, were you gritting your teeth though? Like, were you thinking like, "Man, fuck them," but like inside thinking that, but but outwardly saying, "We're, like, we're okay, always, yes, sir. always." They were always looked at as the enemy. Yeah, you know, because they pull you over in the car, you got to sit on the ground or lay on the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, more than likely, they pull you out the car with guns drawn. Mm. Um, they're looking for guns, you know, drugs. So automatically you have that sense that these are not my friends. Yeah. You know, we're, we're not on the same level. Mm -hmm. So you automatically start with that, but you only make the situation worse uh, when you aggravate them. Right. You know, so it's best just to fake the humility and just stay humble. Stay humble. Yeah. Yeah. And get it over with, you know, you're going to go through it anyway. Right. Either you go through it with these two cops, you know, the steer, or are you going to go through it when they call 30 more right? with the helicopter? Yeah, <laughs> and the batons and everything else. So you might as well just get through it, grit your teeth, and yes. get through it, huh? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. so Absolutely. you would have changed him mouthing off. Yeah, I would have changed him mouthing off. Um, I probably would have just had it where the mom came out. Because really, they're trying to keep their party going. Yeah, that's it. Everybody just wants to have fun. Yeah, so that's the main part. Uh, now we know people have been drinking and I don't think none of the neighbors would have called the cops talking about they heard gunfire when it was firecrackers. You know, they yeah. know the difference. They know, <laughs> especially given the holiday weekend, you know. And they know it was 4th of July, you right, know. Right, right. And the cops are leery about coming out during the 4th of July anyway. Anyway. Like right. I said, during that time, you know, people was popping them pistols. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. so. They would have known the difference between fireworks. And then even the uncle up on the roof with fireworks, you know, it's like. A little, a little awkward. I never knew anybody to get on the roof and shoot off fireworks. Right, we were always in the um, middle of in the, the alley in the streets. When right, in the we backyard. Used to get, we used to get in the middle of the street because you know, California is always a dry place, mm-hmm. so you don't want to be shooting fireworks in the bushes and start fires and whatnot. So mm-hmm. most of the time, when you when you see fireworks in 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 our area, they're usually out in the middle of the street. Like you can look down the street and everybody's in the middle of the street shooting fireworks because it's concrete asphalt so you know it's a pretty safe environment so i would have had the fireworks in the middle of the street you know shooting them from there but then who shoot fireworks in the daytime anyway, too? <laughs> and that was another one that uh, uh kind of eh, you shooting fireworks in the daytime sparkles and you kind of really asking a little bit for <laughs> a target on your back kind of right yeah but you can't really see them anyway right know? well that's true what's the fun in it yeah fireworks are usually shot at night so it was you know just a little a little, a little off, a little awkward. Yeah, a little awkward. Is your mom or was your mom, is she, um, like, did she have that little fiery side? My to mom her? was very fiery. My mom was a tomboy. Okay, uh, so we could relate because I, I grew up a tomboy too. So yeah, I, my mom, yeah. my mom had, well, she had a big family. Her, her, I think her whole brothers and sisters was like fourteen, fifteen, fifteen of them. Yeah, but then she had my unk, my grandfather had two families. Oh, but they all knew about each other at some point. Right, they all knew about each other. They okay. went to school together. Uh, I think him and my grandmother got married at like thirteen years old. Jeez. Yeah. Wow. Um, 
so he had two two families. And mom had like twenty four brothers and sisters all together. Wow. And uh, she hung more with the boys. My mom played basketball in high school. Yeah. Um, and when she got older, she carried a pistol. Wow. Um, so yeah, she was she was she yeah, was that fiery. Yeah, 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 yeah. She was fiery. <laughs> is, is your mom with us still? Is she and she passed yes, about okay. six years Sorry. ago. Yeah. Six years ago. Okay. Sounds like you guys were always pretty close, though. Yeah, yeah. When my mom came to see me in prison, when nobody else would come, you know. Wow. So she never. Uh, she That's never, like that unconditional, like when they say a mother's love. Is oh, so absolutely. Well, you know, they say a child and a mother, you know, those two are, are unconditional. And, and, and my mom was that. You know, I should tell her because I was in San Diego. I did like six years in, in San Diego. Mm-hmm. So she would drive from here to San Diego to see me by herself. And I'd be like, Hey, lady, don't come up here no you more by yourself. Yeah. No, no, don't come up here no more. If you come up here again and you by yourself, I ain't coming out to see you. So uh, I had to really like drill that into her because you know, she was like seventy something years old. You know, making that job by herself. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then sometimes we. But going, you probably couldn't even stop her, right? Even saying, "Don't." No, she do stopped. This. She stopped when she I told her that. Okay. Yeah, because I, I meant it. If she came up again by herself, I wasn't going to come out. Mm. Um, so she stopped doing it. Because sometimes she'd have to drive back at night, you know, by herself. So um, I got her to stop doing that. Uh, but yeah, she was she was something. She was something. Uh, and you know, her house was really where all the kids in the neighborhood hung out. You know, mm-hmm. we had basketball court in the yard. So kind of like what they had there at, her, at our house was kind of like that every day. Mm-hmm. You know, we playing basketball. Either we on the street playing football, or we riding our bikes around. You know the ramps and it was just like our house was the house to, to hang out at. So it seems like a pretty uh, honest depiction of uh, your mom and Franklin's mom. Like there's that, that seems pretty. Yeah. They, pretty they, 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 they close. Yeah. They close. Okay. That's, so they got that right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's good. That's good. Sorry, Dave. I know I'm taking over. I feel no, like this, no, this is your job. Please. You like to ask the questions. Please. And no, I'm taking this is, over. This is what we Cause want. I'm excited to be back. <laughs> This is what we've been missing. This is what we've been missing. So, you know, um, the woman's touch. Right, that's right. That's exactly. what you guys need the touch. Um uh yeah, I was thinking about um Oso and Lucia and Pedro talk a little bit about um what's going on with them. Oso uh wants to become a partner now. You know, he's he's uh basically killed two people for the cousins and covered um, <laughs> and cover with the dad, and the dad already told him, "Don't don't play no games." Right, like he already playing games. You know what I'm saying? He come right. in, he come in the picture, right. you know, out of out of line. So um, he felt like, like, look, I got a lot to come, and I'm already, I done put a lot on the line already. You know, if right. the old man find out what I did, it's curtains for me. Right. So right. that that was pretty interesting. You know, when the old man was questioning, you know. Trying to find out if he was going to induct him into into the family and that um, that was that was interesting. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He tells uh, Lucia afterwards that uh, her uncle, which is the, the dad, kind of in charge, and uh, her cousin are crazy. She likes his dad, uh, her dad. Um, he's the one that's kind of like the more calmer partner. Um, 
And uh, but that was we, her dad sitting in the back. Yeah, exactly. Saying that we were really farmers. Exactly. Yes, mm-hmm. we farmers. We farm it. We, what was they? They were selling weed. It's, I think so. Yeah, because they never they, really said what they were selling, but right. Uh, uh, well, we know that they wasn't selling cocaine because if they would have been, they wouldn't have had to steal the money to get into the cocaine business. Right. Right. Exactly. But. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so her, her, that's her dad, and we see also and Lucia starting to, you know, grow closer. Uh, the relationship there we were talking about last week, mm-hmm. um, but we're seeing it more now in this episode. And uh, well, the uncle recognized it too. Remember, he he told his son um, he has a pretty little girl, right? Attention. Yeah, uh-huh, <laughs> something like that. Uh-huh. He said he got her ear. Yeah, he got a pretty little ear. He said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the the, the the dad still don't really trust also, mm-hmm. you know. And and he's kind of questioned his son, um, because he has his son something about will he do like somebody else had done, and the son was like, no, I love you. I never cross you. Right. You know, which he was lying to him when he right. said it. Right. He just kind of came out with that. He didn't really even need to say that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> kind of told on himself a little bit. And dad was kind of like, I think, picking up on it to an extent. Well, you know, when your son, you know, you don't never want your son to cross you. You know, like, damn, you crossed me. Right. Like, it's not even, it shouldn't who, even be a question. Yeah. Who else would cross me if your own son, if you can't trust your own son, you know. Right. Somebody that you raised and brought into the world. and You know, I imagine he's been taking care of him all his life, you know. And especially, like, something about that father-son relationship. Like, I don't know. Son crossing a dad, I don't, that just seems even worse to me than a son crossing a mom. Moms are going to, like we were just kind of saying, moms are going to forgive you no matter what. That Your dad, dad might not, though. Yeah. <laughs> they might get to throw a bolt over there. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, dad might not forgive you. But, yeah, he, he was, uh, you know, so had already crossed him, really. He'd already crossed that line mm-hmm. you know, enough to... Uh, you know, stole their money and killed this guy, you yep. know, one of his main guys. Well, really, probably two of his main guys, because the other guy that he killed to cover up for the other murder, you know, I, I never really saw what role that guy played in, in, in the organization, but right. apparently it was pretty high. To right, be- yeah. He, he lost two two of his top mm-hmm. top guys over this whole thing. Yeah, over the robbery. Yeah. That's what it was, a robbery. Yeah. <laughs> So Teddy, we just touched on him real quick. Uh, Teddy, again, we just basically see him trying to get out of Nicaragua with Alejandro. Um, Teddy doesn't want to go with Alejandro's plan of where to land the plane. Uh, he hasn't had a chance to vet it, so he tries his own plan, and of course they end up crashing in, in the desert somewhere. And uh, Teddy's going. Did they fly that plane all the way from Nicaragua? Yeah. That little, that little, little plane. That little ass plane. Wow. I don't yeah. even like those little, like, 20-minute, you know, when you're going from, like, the main place to, like, a little island. You take yeah. a little 20-minute whatever. Damn, I couldn't imagine, like, a couple hours on a flight like that. No, a couple of days. <laughs> right, right. How far is Nicaragua from America? You know, like, wow, they got to fly across Mexico probably. Probably a nice. Yeah, well, they crashed somewhere in the desert. And uh, uh, fortunately, Alejandro isn't dead. He wakes up mm-hmm. and uh, he's getting them. Look like he'd been asleep a couple of days. <laughs> right. In a coma, huh? <laughs> right. Yeah. 
Right. And then all of a sudden he opens his eyes. Um, a little weird to me, you know, like where did that come from? You know, they never showed why the plane crashed. You know, I was interested, like, what happened to the plane? You know, why? Why? Yeah, where did that come from? Yeah, where did the crash come from? You know, all of a sudden, you just True. there with the plane crashed, uh, with no, with no information about what happened. It seemed like to me they was just trying to do some fill-ins, you know, to right. cover cover for time, stress the time a little bit. Yeah. So, was there anything in this episode, give or take, that actually happened to you or your people? Mm, no, nah, not really. I mean, you know, the party. Yeah, it's kind of normal. Right, but that's like every black family on yeah, 4th yeah. of July, right? Yeah, everybody's barbecuing on the 4th of July. Right. Um, you know, back in the days, it was more of a neighborhood thing. Like, people used to mingle more with the gangs. Well, before the gangs really got really active. You know, mm-hmm. could, you know be all out in the front of the house and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but most of the time when people throw parties, you know, they do it in the backyard. Yeah. You know, not, not all out in the front. True, true. I don't think we've ever thrown a... Um a front yard party. Front, front yard party. We've <laughs> always done back and like you can look down, see your neighbors, whatever. We might like stop by our neighbors or they'll come over to ours or whatever. But yeah, you know, we're not we're not doing things on the front yard. That, that was more like a, a street party. Yeah. Yeah. What do they call it? Like a block, like a block party. Like a block party. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. So nothing you were remembering relating to that actually nah. happened to you necessarily nah. other than the 4th of July party that we all do. <laughs> so, <okay. laughs> so the last thing we see in the episode mm-hmm. is Franklin uh, on the roof with his buddies, uh, Leon and Kevin. And, uh, you know, Franklin earlier in the episode was kind of arguing with Leon about bringing, Leon wants to bring Kevin into the business and, Franklin wants to keep his circle small, but wait, time uh, out. But didn't they? Am I am I forgetting or or confusing an episode? Didn't they also like try some of the product or something in this episode? And Franklin was pissed off. Am I? Am I? Try some? No, I don't no? think they tried anything. No, product. I didn't see that. Okay. I don't remember that. Okay, episode. all right, cool. Um, but at the end, like last episode, the last thing it ended on was Franklin at Avi's house mm-hmm. telling Avi, "Look." I've had enough. Mm-hmm. This is too crazy for me. I'm out. I'm giving up. And we talked about that last week. Like, right. You know, we'll see how long that lasts. So by the end of this episode, Franklin says to Leon and Kevin, hey, Kevin, you know, can I borrow your uh, auntie's, auntie's car, car in the morning? Because uh, that way we don't have to take the bus to go see Avi. So he's back in the business. That's really the big news of this episode. Franklin is back in business mm. I, yeah I missed the part where he asked it so he can go see Abby I remember yeah. him asking for the aunties could he wear the car yeah. but I didn't know no, that. that's what he said and he was talking about to go see yeah he said I'm going, going to see Abby and Kevin and Leon was like yes let's go you know they want but I'm only surprised that he hadn't bought his own car back then you know you, even you, if it was just like a little something to get I mean you used to could get a car for back then for a hundred bucks mm. <laughs> You know, that's right. Yeah, you should go by. I bought my first Chevy when when I stopped playing tennis and before I got into the dope game, I bought my first Chevy for a hundred bucks. And we bought, you know, sixty I'm talking about good running cars, you know, like what? Yeah, they was cheap back then, you know. Mm-hmm. Chevy four door impala, you know, 
200 bucks, 150 bucks, you know, $300, you know, you'd, you'd have a car. But, you know, stuff was cheap then. You know, back then you could buy a house in L.A. for like 45000 That's crazy. I'm, so, I'm thinking like, I you could buy a brand new Cadillac. His first car, which he was 16 and he bought <coughs> his first car. He was so proud of himself because he saved up his own money. That would have been 98 when he was 16. And the guy was so nice. It was a white guy he bought this car from. He was like, oh, okay, you know, like, oh, black boy trying to buy his own little car. I'm going to give you a little break. Um, he had it listed for, I want to say, like, 5500 And he cut him a break once he realized, like, it was a kid buying it for himself. Um, and I think he sold it to him for 4000 Yeah, but back, used, used back I mean, it looked then, nice. It was nice. Back then, you could buy a brand new Cadillac for 15000 That's crazy. So you, you're talking about a brand new Cadillac. Now you go back to, say, a 62 Chevy, you know, and this is before they was classics. Right. You know, they weren't classics in, right. in, in 78. Right. You right. could find 62 Chevys and, and 59, yeah. uh, uh, you know, Bel Airs and 57s. They was everywhere. Right. Uh, um, so the price was really cheap. You know, nobody wants to drive those old cars. Right. It was only when the lowriders started to to spruce them up and put the wheels on them and everything at the price. And then the videos hit, you know, so people around the country started seeing them before the price started going up. But, uh, shoes, I had a, I had a, uh, a 68 Impala Capri. I paid a hundred bucks for That's it. That's crazy. Now I didn't have a front seat in it. You what know? year would this have been? <laughs> Give or take? 78, 79. Okay. So, okay. So, twenty years later, buying a used car. Okay. Yeah. I guess four thousand. And the car okay. ran like brand new. You know, somebody had stole it, took the front seat out of it, so the people didn't want it no more. So, yeah. So I bought the car for a hundred bucks. That's why. And it didn't have no keys, which I should take wire. Had to tie the wires <laughs> together that. to start it. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. And I, I drove that car. You know, when I was selling, when I was first started selling cocaine, that was the car that I was driving. Hmm. You know, until I went to the junkyard, bought me a seat, and put in it, and. And I drove that car for a long time. How many years you think you drove it? Uh, probably a year and a half. Not not a long, long time, but you know, I I, I started stacking money really right, quick. Right, once you got some some money. Yeah, because like, I started getting, you know, I started getting money at six months. I at least was making, you know, six hundred dollars a day, five hundred dollars every day. So I didn't, have, didn't need that thing. I didn't have to long. drive a hundred dollar car no more. I could, right, right. I could move up a little bit. Right. <laughs> you could take one day's work and get you a six hundred dollar car at least. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So my cars got a little better as my money. As your money increased, right? And I didn't start off with a kilo either. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. If I'd have started off with a kilo, well, I don't know. I probably would have messed it up. You know, um, if you give somebody that kind of, you know, that much uh, work. And they they never did it before. But the good thing about him is that he was selling whole kilos. He didn't he didn't grind his way from the bottom. You know he didn't have to take it and, and sell twenty dollars and twenty dollars. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He ran into somebody who just gave him sixteen thousand right off the bat, right. which is unusual. You know. Right. Um, how how old were you when you like really kind of got started? In the- I was nineteen. Nineteen. And how old was Franklin? Do you remember how old he he was when they have him? Getting started? I didn't never see him mention his age. Yeah. Yeah. Or I guess, well, no, I don't want to spoil anything. So I'm just going to say spoiler alert. I guess when we see it down the road, he's having trouble paying his tuition. 
right? Mm. And he drops out of college. So he's he's college age, 18, 19, 20. Mm. Remember? He couldn't pay this tuition. He drops out, comes home. Remember? Okay, that's so he right. He probably was around the same age, yeah. Don't give it away, but... I said spoiler alert. (laughs) 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 Not not a big fact to give away, so... Yeah. It'll be all right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, um, this is After the Snow. This is uh, a podcast for uh, fans of Snowfall, but but, uh, fans who want to get, you know, a real accurate inside perspective on this TV show. Yeah, the accuracy Uh, lives here. You got the man, the myth, the <laughs> legend. Freeway right Rick Ross, the real Rick Ross. <laughs> Who wrote the book. Who wrote the book. Uh, that it was based on. That's yeah. right. That's right. So uh, we thank you guys. We are excited, man. We Hopefully we can do more in-person stuff like this I again. love this. I mean, if you uh, got to fly yeah, here is, like every week or something. We, I yeah, mean, this, this is, is much, much better, better than... Better. Uh, then, then seeing you on the screen. Right. Hey, let's, <laughs> let's do a poll. We'll have our social team do a poll. Like, to see, do they like it more when we're in person? Or are they okay with the, uh, the virtual thing? Yeah, I already feel like we're going to get more views just from doing it in person together. All right, but um, we're going to do, do the poll. Rhonda, Dre, we're going to do, do a poll, guys. <laughs> let's put the poll out. So that's our, that's our social vote. team. Let the fans We've done all these shout-outs. That's our bomb social team. Hit so. us on social media. Let us know what you think. Should we be together? Should I fly to Chicago sometimes? Yes. Or they fly to yeah, L.A. sometimes? Because uh, we're going to move Chicago up to number one on the list of cities that you love, all right? So you got to come to Chicago, all right? So y'all hit us up. Yeah. Chicago, too cold in the wintertime. That's huh? why I said, what I tell you earlier, I said you got to come June to September 15th. Have you been out on a boat on the lake in Yo, Chicago? No, I never. We're going to take you out on our boat? Never. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we got to do that. All right. That's, that's, that's it. That's my it. man having a white party down there. My man Groove is going to, I mean, he's going to have a yacht party. Oh. Uh, uh, all white yacht party. When? In, in, uh, I got to get the date. I'll get the date and let okay. you know. But I got to come to that. Okay. And there's uh, something called Black Scene where we, all the black people with boats go out. Yeah. And party on the boats. That would be interesting. And Dave is a. Honorary black person. He's he's always, <laughs> <laughs> he's always welcome. Yes, thank you. No <laughs> doubt. All right. Well, uh, man, this is awesome, man. Glad we uh, were able to do it uh, this way this week. And big, uh, big, big. Yeah. After the snow, the podcast. We'll be back next week. Um, thank you. Wait. Let's run down the, the socials. Oh, I didn't give because we got to put out our our poll. That's right. We already know. Everybody's going right. to like us in person. So you can you can find us on Instagram at, at Breakbeat Media um, and also on our YouTube channel. Uh, just search up Breakbeat Media on YouTube, and that's where you find the visual versions of our shows. Uh, all the audio lives on Apple, Spotify, all the podcast apps where you listen to podcasts. And uh, my my IG is at the real Dave Mays. Um, you guys. Mine is Freeway Ricky. Mine is at I go by Brett J. But I'm thinking about changing it. But for now, <laughs> follow me. Um, uh, at at I go by Brett J. Perfect. This is Breakbeat. This is After the Snow. Peace. We we'll see y'all next week. Peace, y'all. Peace.